Hello, everybody. Oh, sorry. Oh, we're... <laughs> <laughs> you just launched straight into it. All right. Isn't that the point? Isn't that a thing we do? If Mad About You was a final frontier, we're traveling outside of time and space here. So let's break it down now. It's just what we do. It's Mad About Mad About You. Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to Mad About Mad About You, the Mad About You recap podcast. My name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. John, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I don't know what's funny about saying hello and asking how you are. I'm, we're friends. And... No, I know, but we already talked about this before we started recording, I guess so that's I, got right. nothing, I got nothing you to kn- say. You, you knew how I was, and I know how you are. It's all yeah. a facade. How are oh, you? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. How, what do we do next? We can start talking about the show. We do that that quickly. All right. Here's what we do. Ready? Yeah, remember? So, yeah, I remember. So this week's episode of Mad About You, which episode is it, John? We're going to talk about the episode, episode number four, Out of the Past. Is that right? Out of the Past. No nonsense in that name. No. There's no, no. words. There's no allusion to anything. <laughs> so Out of the Past premiered on October 14th, 1992. And we've got we're getting familiar with the typical Wednesday night lineup for the shows. Oh, absolutely. What, what what did we have that night? Oh, what did we have? I mean, Seinfeld was the lead in. You got your unsolved mysteries. Um I wanted to talk a little tiny bit about uh The Wonder Years, which was on ABC. Oh yeah, we, yeah, sure. Oh, that was on Wednesday you, nights? That was on Wednesdays at uh, 8 o'clock. Were you a young uh, a Wonder Years fan? No. Great. <laughs> I wasn't really either. Oh, really? Yeah. That's one of the most shocking things I've ever heard in my life. A little surprising, right? Yeah. It feels very Russ Fader. Yeah. It's New York. He wear, he's a Jets fan. He wears a Jets jacket. No, I can't believe you didn't like that show or watch I, it or were obsessed with it. I watched more of Brooklyn Bridge. Than I did of the Wonder Oh, Wonder. I remember Brooklyn Bridge. My grandmother so loved that show. So that's its own. Yeah, for everybody's grandmother loved that show. <laughs> it was good, clean fun. Yeah, Marion Ross. Brooklyn Bridge, for those of you who are not just so old. <laughs> and <laughs> You know what? Can and, I just say something? If you don't know Brooklyn Bridge, turn off the podcast and unsubscribe because I'm not even interested. <laughs> I'm not even interested in you hearing anything we have to say. Get out! Get out of here! You're really cutting our audience off. No, at the knees, I mean, why? John? Why would you even listen to this? Go, go away. <laughs> There's plenty out oh there. Oh my goodness, that's so damn funny. Yeah, uh, Brooklyn Bridge had a theme song by Art Garfunkel. Art Garfunkel. Did it really? And mm-hmm. I forgot that. The streets where we played, the friends on every corner were the best we ever made. The backyards and the schoolyards and the trees that watched us grow. The days of love when dinner time was all you had to know. Whatever I think of yesterday. Just over 
Good, clean fun for the family, mm-hmm. especially the Jewish family. And yeah, we'd watch it was like, every week. It was like the Jewish Waltons. Yes, yes, the Waltons. Instead of living in the mountains, they live in Brooklyn. <laughs> um, and at the end of every week, uh, my mother would cry and go, "Such a good show." <laughs> <laughs> Well, they only had three seasons. Of Brooklyn Bridge? No, wait, two. Was it two or uh, – it felt like one. Uh, it, it, was all, <laughs> it was constantly on the bubble. Isn't that amazing? It, it made such kind of, a yeah. – oh, it was on the bubble? <laughs> it lived on the bubble, yeah. You had your finger on the pulse of the uh... – I did. <laughs> of the Nielsen's I'm calling, I was calling I – was, I was calling the head of whatever the hell channel it was on. CBS. I was calling Les Moonves. We gotta <laughs> keep. One day you're gonna be in charge of this network. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Brad Hall wrote on that show. That makes sense. It was a good show. No, I know. Ask well, my crying mother. <laughs> oh, and Teresa Rebeck. <laughs> Did she write for that? Well, two episodes. Okay. I bet you can guess which two. <laughs> Honestly, if you can't guess which two episodes. <laughs> Turn the podcast off because I'm not even interested. I'm not. I'm not looking at the list. What's the? I don't even know. Honestly, there's not even a link to find out. Like, I don't. IMDb doesn't even care. I've often thought about getting the box set of the DVD, either for me or for my mom. That's a great gift for a gift or just to have. Yeah, but it's not available. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, it's. It would. It's always like through some. You know, fourth or fifth rate, buy our DVDs available online website, and it terrifies me because there's no way it's legitimate. Yeah, and that's I can't real think weird. Of, I can't think of a worse way to blow that kind of money than on like, "Hi, mom, I got you these bootleg DVDs of all of Brooklyn Bridge." There's no way um, that exists. Oh. <laughs> There's no way some bootleggers sitting on 33 hours of VHS tape and transferring it to DVDs for people who order it. It's a racket. Oh, it's a racket. Unfortunately, the show, keeping... the creator passed away three years ago. This is tragic. So this is how can't... I find out? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't petition him. Oh, we also I created can't... Spin City. Same guy. What's his name? Gary David Goldberg. Yeah, I thought Gary David Goldberg was who you're going to say. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Oh, Andy created Family Ties. Yeah. Yeah, big deal. So Brooklyn Bridge was just a little blip on a career of a titan. How dare you? Well, yeah. How, t- how okay. dare you speak that way of Brooklyn Bridge? <laughs> Honestly, you're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna quit the podcast. <laughs> do you mean Do you mean the three shining towers? <laughs> Family Ties, Spin City, and Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> I mean, no, you're right, because I can't think of one of them without thinking of all three. <laughs> oh my well, you God. know what connection this has to Matt about you, though? What's that? Well, we haven't because met the I character. honestly don't. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't met the character on uh, our recaps yet, but an actor who features prominently on Brooklyn Bridge features fairly prominently on Matt About You. Oh, that's true. Yes, 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 yes. 
Should oh, we leave we'll the there. listeners in suspense? Mm. Do podcasters do, do that? Yeah. Do they leave people in suspense? Almost constantly. Oh, we can make uh, a sweepstakes. <laughs> what? Wait, what? A sweepstakes. <laughs> How can we make a sweepstakes? Uh, they, uh, the listeners tweeted us. <laughs> yeah. The name of the guy or gal. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the winner, well, 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 whoever gets it right, well, you know, put put them in a little hat. I'll do I'll do this in L.A. Scouts honor, and then uh, we'll pick the name out, and the winner will get you know some trash or something. We'll get a shout out. We'll get a, we'll, They'll get a shout out. Oh, on, great! Uh, a, a shout out, which is much better. Gra- than oh, trash. great! That's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not garbage, <laughs> and it still is free. Fantastic! Yeah. That's what we're gonna do. We'll say your name to uh, the, the to, the, to of people, you thousands of people <laughs> yeah. listening. Yeah. We'll say your name back to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's make a sweepstakes. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This is happening. Who who uh, from Brooklyn Bridge? Rise guys. Who who from Rise guys, Rise gals. Rise guys. We're talking to you now. That's right. The question is, what actor who's featured prominently on the hit TV series Brooklyn Bridge also features f- fairly prominently <laughs> is featured fairly prominently <laughs> in Mad About You. And Tweet us. Uh, oh, shoot. Yes. What's our Twitter? <laughs> We're going to plug in our Twitter handle right here. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, and also... Uh, <laughs> Our Twitter. We'll put our Twitter. Our Twitter is in the show notes, obviously, uh, on iTunes. So uh, you can tweet at us there. Great. And the winner will get a shout uh, out. That's exciting. Yeah. This is going to be that's, great. Yeah. And, that's the first. And uh, please, go ahead. Please do not go on IMDb and uh, do this. Uh, fi- figure this out very simply. You have to know this. <laughs> Scouts <laughs> honor. Yeah, this isn't something. If you need to look this up, <laughs> just turn the podcast. Turn the off podcast now. off. <laughs> oh, so that was the Wonder Years. <laughs> um, How did we get on the Wonder Years? Who cares about the? Oh, it was on Wednesday nights. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This is a Mad About You podcast. You're absolutely right. That was television. That's right. what's going on. In All the right. TV so why? Uh, oh yeah, I got you. So people were tuning in for that. On mm-hmm. ABC, and then they could turn over to NBC at nine o'clock for uh, Seinfeld Mad About You. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely right. That's Absolutely a pretty right. good what night of uh, what? pretty good hump day. For sure. What uh, else is going on in the world, Johnny? In the news. <laughs> Listeners, uh, this aired on October 14th, and I believe October 12th was, as we all remember, Columbus Day. Sure. And there was a big Italian march down uh, Fifth Avenue in New York City. Do they still do that? Yeah. They still do. It's It's kind of surprising. It is. Because even this this article is from 1992, and it says, Yesterday, in celebrating a fabled Italian who is now under siege as more exploiter than explorer. You know, they talk about the slow arc of justice. Yeah. And everything. (laughs) But it's just like, this seems to be super slow. If in Well, to be fair, this was only... It's only twenty five years, but um, all the all the local politicians came out, but it was a little heated because like so I I this is where I fell into a real uh, little uh, 
political K-hole. Do you remember Senator Al D'Amato from New yeah. York? Yeah. Well. Yes, I do. He's running for he re-election. He was a real jerk? Real jerk. Well, that doesn't seem uh, to jive with uh, what the oh, voters thought. stick up for Senator Alphonse D'Amato? <laughs> yeah, not, not nearly as much as the millions of New Yorkers who voted for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, he won. He won a lot. Yeah. A lot. But he's running against this guy named uh, Robert Abrams, who's the state attorney general. And Abrams. I know, him, I know his name less. Well, Abrams called him a fascist the night before. Oh, man. And then he toned the language down <laughs> the next day and said, I didn't mean fascist. I actually meant to call him a right-wing extremist. And then uh, he stood by his assertion that the senator was using the, quote, big lie techniques of Nazi propagandists, just like the CIA is now with President Trump. This all sounds very familiar. <laughs> Does it really? Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. But no, I thought you meant like you remember this from 92. Yeah. Oh, no. no. I remember it's... this from... Three it's crazy, ago. though, right? Isn't this crazy? Yeah. Nothing changes. Yeah. Uh, things are going to change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. Everything's, every, everything's awful and getting worse. Yeah. But yeah, nothing, nothing's changed yet, but uh, it will when uh, everything bad happens. But um, Also, the New uh, York Times this week did uh, – this week, it, October 14, 1992, did this profile of the last train out of uh, Grand Central Station. Oh, neat. Yeah. Just talking to the different passengers and stuff. Uh, but this one guy had – I thought it was heartbreaking a little. Jonathan Thompson. Oh, no. That guy just wants to have a drink after work. That I get. <laughs> oh, this guy. Mr. Shane. Casey Shane, the 35-year-old art director from Guilford, Connecticut, has noticed something else. There's a lot of, uh, like, sex, really, he said on a trip two weeks ago. People are kind of bold, and for every bold one, there's an oblivious one. Mr. Shane, who works at a Manhattan Electronics magazine, is something of an – expert on the last train in connecticut he takes the last train usually three times a week by choice and he's working on a book about the oddities he's seen over the years i'd rather see this bunch of deadbeats and upper upper middle class scummy yuppies desperately trying to beat each other up said mr shane (laughs) whose five-hour daily commute Uh means most of his social life takes place on the new haven line i mean ugh, five hours they're just more interesting than the people who wear the same raincoats and the same shoes and all get into Volvos, which I guess must have been like real cultural like lightning rods for 1992. Uh, that's the that's the 92 yuppie, a raincoat and a Volvo. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? He's like the he's like the kind of guy he like he'd be wearing a raincoat and driving a Volvo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and with the they all have the same shoes, you know. You are painting a picture. I'm you are making me. I'm snorting as I laugh tonight, and it's not appealing for anybody. Yeah, I well. apologize, listeners, but uh, get used to it. This is the this is the new Russ. I snort when I laugh sometimes. Uh, um, there were tensions on Crown Heights. We can skip those. <laughs> let, yeah, let let's skip past. <laughs> The Crown Heights tensions. It was also a swastika on a wall in Brooklyn. So times again do not change. Holy moly. The swastikas were painted uh, during Sukkot. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Ooh, uh, high number of registered votes. See the news? You know what's funny? It's sort of a slow news week. (laughs) Oh, here's a controversial one, though. People didn't know what Uh, to do about TB. TB was making a resurgence. Do you remember this when you were a kid? Was this an issue? No. Well, TB cases no, were going I... back up, and people were debating what to do with these people because 
For example, they're citing someone, a lady who was a crack addict, and she wouldn't take a medicine. And they're like, well, we can't just, like, you know, sequester everyone who's sick. It's unconstitutional and immoral, but at the same time, they're going to get everyone else sick. What do you do? Thought Mayor Dinkins every night as he went to sleep. What else do we have? (laughs) This last story, because all these stories, now that I hear them, kind of stink. Um... (laughs) This I just thought was weird. <laughs> it was a correction published by the New York Times that just said, a listing of murder mystery events in Weekend on Friday misstated the information telephone number for mystery dinners that start on November 21st at the Yankee Clipper restaurant, John and South Streets in Lower Manhattan. <laughs> Which made me wonder, are murder mystery events something that were happening so frequently <laughs> that there was a listing? Oh, yeah. Well, at the Is very it least, clue? it's... Yes. I mean, at its core, it's because Because that's when that came out, right? Sort of the Uh, late 80s, early 90s? It came out in, I think, 85. Okay, well. Um, But, you know, it it was, it was, yeah, yeah. The arc of history (laughs) goes directly through Clue. Um, (laughs) The arc of history bends towards murder mystery. (laughs) Uh, Ooh, the arc of history bends towards mystery. That's very true sounding that's very true sounding <laughs> that is true sounding oh man oh johnny that's the news it stunk this week the, i'm sorry it don't you don't john you do not have to apologize for the news <laughs> of 25 years I ago I was, i'm gonna tell you that right newscaster, now that's what i would be like i'd be like i'd apologize you'd apologize you'd be a great newscaster i'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> all um, these stories stink these are yeah. boring. Well, it's like Carson apologizing for a joke. You guys just want to watch Clue instead? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's the news. Should we move into the uh, episode? Oh, one, one. I think I had one note from la- last sure. week's episode. Do you remember when Lisa was looking through the classified ads? Yes. And she said, "Who is this guy Kelly, and why does he hate all these girls?" And the audience went okay. crazy. Do you remember that? And I, yeah. I, I'm assuming neither one of us laughed because we didn't get it. Right. Well, I don't have an explanation, but I have a clue. <laughs> I think, Do you now? Well, you know Kelly Services? It's a temp uh, agency. No. And I think okay. it was a secretarial agency more back then. And I think they would hire these women and call them Kelly girls. I think you're right. So I that sounds like something. Yeah, I still don't get the hate joke angle, but I think I understand the setup. (laughs) Okay, so we'll keep you guys posted on that. Everybody, you'll have to tune in again. Yeah, this is my own sweepstakes. (laughs) Oh, can I tell you a little bit about what happened to me personally trying to watch this episode? Please. So watching this show for us. The, as I'm sure if you're watching along, you know, the first season of Mad About You is primarily, if not only, available on DVD. And so I have an external DVD player, a television, and a TiVo. And they are all on different remotes. Oh, sure. And so I had to find the Apple TV remote to swap over on a thing. And then I had to transfer between... The, uh, the, the regular TV and the 
DVD player. And as I'm doing this, we're having a hard time getting the DVD player to do what we need it to because uh, the batteries are dead. On the DVD player? So, on the DVD player remote, oh my the batteries are gosh. dead. And we don't have any AAA batteries. So, we need to would you? take the batteries from the TV remote. Oh, sure. And put them into the DVD player remote. Oh. So we do yeah, that. Okay. I think I know where this is going. And and we press play. Uh-huh. And the and the episode starts. And it's too yeah. low. See? The volume <laughs> is too low. You have to transfer low. the batteries back into the TV. So you have to pause oh. the episode and transfer pause. the batteries back. Change the volume. Yeah. Well, you had to guess the volume. Pa- Guess and the volume. The I'm watching back. with Jen, my girlfriend, and she says, "What do you think? 28? Does that sound good?" I'm like, "All right, maybe." Well, Russ, you got. I tell you what, you got to do. You got to get a pen and a paper and write down the "Mad About You" volume that's most suitable to you and Jen yeah. <laughs> to save your time. You know what? We yeah. nailed it. We nailed it. We nailed it right out of the box. 28. Oh, amazing! Boom. So you'll need to transfer batteries uh, yeah. that one last time. <laughs> yes. But to do that, it was just – it was absurd. And now the TV will just stay on forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With Mad About You frozen on the menu. <laughs> on yeah. a loop. So um, we start with the cold well, open. The, oh, so wait, speaking of everything – got to do the episode description, right? Oh, right. Yes, the episode title. we got to do – Well, what? we did yeah, the title. The we didn't do the description. Right. Okay. Well, please. it's called Out of the Past. <laughs> and the description from TV Guide was – News of his ex-girlfriend has Paul excited, then feeling guilty, then crazed after bringing Jamie to meet her. That is very concise and accurate. Yeah, that's very well done. I just found out my great... You know, I was listening back the other day. Great, no, my great uncle, no, my great-great-uncle, I think, did art, cover art for TV Guide. Yeah, I just really? learned that. Let's get him on he's, the show. He's gone. Oh. Maybe before I was born, I don't know. Well... Ask. Any other pitches? <laughs> Does, doesn't hurt. No, do, look, I'm saying it doesn't hurt to ask him. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll find out. The worst they'll say is no. And then we are exactly <laughs> where we are. So. Uh, it was directed uh, by Barney Kelman. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry for your Thank loss. You. <laughs> Continue. Thank you. Uh, it was directed by Barney Kelman, who <clears throat> has been with us since mm-hmm. the beginning. But guess who it was Absolutely. written by? Somebody different. A pamer. That's right. Do you remember him? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what show? I don't. I don't uh, what show? What? Steve uh-huh. Pamer? No. Who I'm assuming it's David Pamer's brother, right? I'm pretty. He's got to be. I'm, they I think They could so. be twins. Yeah. What did, uh, what did Steve Pamer Do you remember from? a little show uh, starring Anthony Clark called Boston Common? Boston Common, that show made me want to live in Boston. Do you remember the jaded professor who was the expert on New England footwear? Well, my name's Wileen Pritchett, 
This here's my brother Boyd, and I'm going to be a student at Randolph Harrington. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm Leonard Prince. I run Harrington's Historical Archives. We're the uh, leading resource in the country for information about 18th century New England footwear. You must be a very busy man. Are you making fun of me? Sure. That was him. That was Steve Kramer? Yeah. That's so great. I love this. Isn't that crazy? That's He's awesome. on a bunch of things, but that was that Boston was like Common his main was show. another musty TV or for yeah, pre- ever so briefly, a year, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> um, he did a couple apps of the single guy. Well, they, they really threw that banner around, didn't they? Oh, musty TV, yeah. you can't miss Boston Common. <laughs> yeah, right. Must is a little strong, but uh, I followed <laughs> it and I never missed it. And uh, I think the episodes are are kind of a couple of them are available on YouTube if anyone's curious because I have watched them. What have you watched? Boston Commons on YouTube. Some Great. some good Samaritan uploaded their old uh, VHS copies. Well, I know what I'm doing at work tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, that's what I've done. <laughs> he was on Will and Grace briefly. He's great. I love him. But he had a, uh, a, a long career as a writer. Who knew? Yeah. So we jump into the cold open. So I get the I get the volume sorted out just in time to hear a big old Donald Trump joke. Donald Trump bounced an eighty-two dollar check at the Gap. Isn't that crazy jamie's on the phone with uh, unless i miss something we don't know who ever just a friend yeah i guess you're right could be lisa could be uh fran but probably neither one because she refers to a henry she asks about a henry yeah that's true and i just because i was paranoid i was like oh is that mark and fran's kid and it's not so that (laughs) that that took about five to seven minutes and was a total waste of time sure but that's how much we care (laughs) You can't spell rise without and you uh, you can't make a rise pun without the word wise. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> oh my god. I think that's a great idea. I think you should leave it. <laughs> <laughs> so Donald Trump wrote a bounced check for $82 of the gap. And first of all, that's crazy and funny because Donald Trump is the president of the United States now. And it's also very funny because there was a time where you could write a check uh, to the gap. the gap. And that's not the way that things work anymore. Yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> Instead of, I guess, a credit card, people would do that. Yeah, and now it's just not a thing. The, the idea of writing a personal check? No. That's not done. It's a nightmare. And I, I guess the yeah. real joke. Probably for for reasons just like this. Oh, man. Oh, it's a president joke. They didn't even know. What is It's Donald Trump joke. <laughs> it's political satire. <laughs> it's political satire before. It's yeah. pre-political satire. <laughs> Um, but also this, so this morning's the classic set, like she's getting this tidbit from her friend on the phone and it's, it's once we're only on episode four and we're revisiting this pattern in their, in their life where they're both, they're both trying to get out of, out the door at the same time on a weekday and something keeps pulling them back in, Yep. which it's also, yep. and it's off on the it's phone. It's sweet that, yeah, right. It's sweet that they even, I mean, I guess I haven't lived with a significant other in New York, but I would imagine, you know. If one of you leaves and the other one does it, it's like not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. You say, I'll meet you downstairs. Yeah, like, or just go. Like, well, like, yeah. what do they, li- work next door to each other? How long, what do they, just ride it's the very... elevator together and then they split up? When do they split up in their day? It's very codependent yeah. behavior. <laughs> it's sweet, though. For sure. So he's begging her to, to hang up so they can leave. So she finally does. And uh, they're out the door, and the phone rings, and Paul grabs. I, I, I don't understand. Why can't you just call a person back? Okay. It's not that hard. You say, I'm walking out the door. I'll call you later. Hello. Hey, how you doing? It's Joel. It's a quarter to nine. How is Bermuda? Huh? 
Ow! He ate conch. I'm walking up the door. I'll call you later. How do you like being married, huh? Isn't it great? He ate conch. <laughs> it's also funny. It's the because it's the first whoever Joel is, who's clearly not as good a friend as Selby, because <laughs> we never meet him. Yeah. Uh, right. Calls Joel almost feels like he could be a brother. Because only a Buckman would call, and the first thing they say is, I ate conch. I ate like, that was the most notable thing that happened on my honeymoon to Bermuda. It is, it is very yeah. specific. You know, what if – we don't know. We don't know their backstory. I bet Joel and Paul once – they were they're old high school friends or, or – Yeah, maybe they grew up together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they read Lord of the Flies. And, <laughs> uh, and that's why the, the conch binds them. <laughs> And so now he's calling to say, hey, I ate that thing. Yeah, between the, Next. the, politi- the political satire and the literary illusions, this is a pretty high-minded cold open. <laughs> we're not even into the yeah, show yet. two seconds into the show. <laughs> uh, also, it made me think about how – because Joel just got married, and I was like, huh, I guess it's like the Buckmans just got married. This guy just got married. I feel like Fred and Mark are like they're the people around them are getting hitched, you know, which is what yeah, happens. It's a thing to that us. happens. Yeah, everybody gets married. Yeah, I guess that's fairly obvious and now good for everybody. <laughs> now that I'm saying it, yeah, it's pretty yeah. weird, right? About how people people who were single they they hit a t- <laughs> yeah they hit a time in their life and they get to get married. Jamie's trying to put her foot down now, uh, and Paul yes. won't get off the phone, and she does put her foot down. <laughs> she just walks out and closes the door, and mm-hmm. we cut to the cold open. The uh, there you go intro. That sweet beautiful that theme. theme. That sweet, sweet theme. And finally, then we come back and Paul's at work. Finally, I like this. Me too. I like this change this of scenery. Beautiful we office. See Paul's job. Different exterior. Great. Set. Don't know where it is in the city. Wish I did. Mm-hmm. Wish mm-hmm. I could be one of those guys who could just see an intersection and go, "Oh, bam!" Yeah, always. I, you know what? I, frankly, I wish I knew which way <laughs> north was. So I will <laughs> just talk. Find the mountains. Find the mountains. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, where on what side of this skyscraper does the moss grow? So we we cut to him editing uh, with Ike. Yes, who is Paul's editor, and he's played by yes, an indeed. actor named Art mm-hmm. Evans, who has had a pretty lengthy career, uh, comprised of many things I've never seen or heard of. As you know, but the date back all the way to the 70s oh cool now there were there were a lot of or there were a few several stars on this episode and ike is the only one who i didn't jump at and get very excited to see because there were two i I can't wait because honestly i i don't know if you people listening watch the show i'm assuming you're as shocked as i am to hear that (laughs) because if i may (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have no clue who – oh, I think I just figured – oh, I know who. Never mind. <laughs> it's one of the things – okay, instead of uh, – okay. well, I'll just – I'm going to keep moving forward instead of talking about – Please do. So, Ike uh, – Please do. Evans, Talk about Ike. He was in Die Hard 2, which I never saw, but I don't know if yeah, that rings a bell for anyone. Cool. Uh, he was in School Days – Remember that that crazy Spike Lee movie that's really intense about frats? I do. I've, oh, I've, it's I'm very with it. I have not seen it. Trippy and uh, intense. Cool. He plays a character named Cedar Cloud, which is a very Spike Lee name. I like Spike Lee a lot. I do too. 
hopefully we can get him on the podcast. <laughs> oh my god, John. <laughs> I can't think of a better thing. <laughs> he might be a big fan. If anybody out there has a way for us to get Spike Lee <laughs> on our Mad About You podcast, please. I'm calling in all favors for all listeners and friends and family. In addition to wanting Spike Lee to be on our show, if I'll also take Reggie Miller. If anybody has a connection to Reggie Miller, sure. uh, he's very welcome on this show. Absolutely. <laughs> I've got no allegiances. Oh, guess what else this guy's in? Do you remember the in-laws? I do. I mean, he's just a driver, but still, that's pretty fun. Yeah, for sure. With Columbo and uh, Aaron Howe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Peter, Peter Falk and Alan Arkin. Oh, my God. <laughs> Columbo and Aaron Howe, finally together. Finally. Uh, he did a monk. He did an X-Files, Walker, Texas Ranger. But also, he was on Broadway briefly in the 60s doing a, a play by James Baldwin called The Amen Corner. Oh, how neat. And he founded a theater company for black actors in Los Angeles that hmm. has been erased from history. Really? Yeah, because I tried to find it. This is what I, I spent like a while on this, and I, I couldn't find anything. Like you would think if you if you Google the name of an old theater company that's mentioned in multiple bios, you know, not yeah. a ton of bios, but a couple You'd of bios. Something would, something would come up, like a yeah. wiki page at least. Yeah. Nothing. That's too bad. It well, it's too bad, but it's it's not uncommon. No, I guess that's true. Nope. I I mean, this is what uh, what was that? What, oh boy, what was that show? <laughs> what was that show on Broadway? Well, Shuffle Along. That's what Shuffle Along was about. Oh, no was one it? knew about Shuffle Along. No one heard about Shuffle Along. Turned out it was this enormous Broadway show that was a huge hit and like it made audience theater audiences mixed racially for the first time in history in the 20s but no one knows about it that's that's very sad it it's sad that that was the case for the show in the 20s and then i know the revival was just a huge success that was just on broadway very recently and i still didn't know about it that's yeah well it, i mean it was a huge it was a medium success and it closed prematurely <coughs> but uh, it should have been a huge success because it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but the theater company was Theater of Being in Los Angeles, and it was also founded by Frank Silva, an actor named Frank Silvera, who was an older actor. So look it up. Spread the word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sad. Yeah. We can't let we can't let this thing's legacy die. Yeah. Bring it, bring it back, y'all. So that's Art Evans. He's 74. Sounds like he lives in L.A. and he's still acting, which is nice. I like him. I yeah. like him a lot. Yeah, he's so, like, charming. Yeah, he's great in this. Um, and the, so they they start talking about uh, – he starts making fun of Paul's work a little. Nice. Very, very nice. A lot of movies are saved in the editing room. Be specific. A lot of your movies are saved in the editing room. What are you saying? It's your editing and not my direction that makes this film work? I did not say that. Then what are you saying? What I'm saying is, we're a snip or two shy of greatness. <laughs> know who used to say that? Would it be Alfred Hitchcock? That's right, Alfred Hitchcock. You know what else Alfred Hitchcock used to say? I think he said, my goodness, I'm a fat, fat man. <laughs> 
You know, he used to be thin. Oh, oh, Hitchcock was thin now? That's right. When I first worked with him, he was wiry. We used to kid him. Yeah. We used to say, Hitch, baby. Stop it right be- there. What? 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 Okay, first of all, you did not call him Hitch. I most certainly did. That was his nickname. When did you work with him? Afternoon. Always in the afternoon. Hitch was not a morning person. Clearly, Art, or Ike just sits around quoting his old buddy Hitchcock all day. Right. Yeah, he was real thin. Maybe he was, but certainly not when he lived in America. No. I feel like I saw an old photo of him once in England sitting on a horse as like a teenager. And he looked fairly, fairly thin. He was a fit guy. Yeah, well, thin enough. I was so uh, Friday two nights ago. Yeah, I went to see Mel Brooks at. Oh, you uh, did. Yeah, at this downtown L.A. They showed Blazing Saddles, and then it was like you know a talk back or whatever. And he told a story about going to dinner with Hitchcock. How cool! Because Hitchcock, because Mel wanted to talk to him about high anxiety and like get his approval and like his okay on it and everything. For those who don't know, High Anxiety is uh, uh, Mel Brooks' sort of tribute to Hitchcock films. Yes. Where it's just sort of a pastiche of all the different scenes, and he makes fun of each one. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to dinner in Beverly Hills. He took me to Chasen's. He ordered a shrimp cocktail. It was like five or six big jumbo shrimp. <laughs> then, he, then he had, he had a, a, a steak, a very a thick sirloin steak, and, and he had asparagus in, a, in its own plate on the side. And he had a baked potato filled with sour cream and chives. And then after, after that, he had a frap with two balls of yellow ice cream and chocolate. And, and he, he had all of that. Yeah. And I, I, I had a, a, a dovaso. Okay. <laughs> and we're finished. He takes out in, in a pocket a, a beautiful cigar puts the cigar in his mouth, holds it there for only a second. <laughs> and he says, George, do it again. And he puts the cigar back in the little leather case. I said, what does he mean? What does he mean? Do it again. Five minutes later, shrimp cocktail, five big ones. <laughs> Starts all over with Oh, us. a big steak, I oh. swear, I swear. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what to do. You're still working on the Dover. No, I, I was, the asparagus on the side, baked potato filling. I was, I was going to run out. I was. That's wonderful. So surely by the time Ike knew him, he was a fat, fat man. I'm trying to think if there was a twist. Like, if, were they twins? Were they actually twins? Or, or how, how could that have been suspenseful? Was a. Uh, was Hitchcock dead at the time? <laughs> yeah, his twin brother. Is that is that why he was able to eat so much? Because he was already a ghost? Well, uh, it could have been that he was friends with uh, Will Smith's character, Hitch. from. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't believe I didn't think of it. From the Hitch movie, Hitch. Oh no. <laughs> um, so while they're talking about Hitchcock and Ike is dodging ev- any question that Paul asks about how he knew Hitchcock exactly. He's like, when did you work with Hitchcock? And he would be, in the mornings. Uh, That's just straight interrupt- vaudeville. <laughs> yeah. Oh, classic. Uh, they're interrupted by Paul's assistant. So uh, also, it's like, wow, he's like a documentary filmmaker who has like quite a team in a beautiful office. So he's fairly successful. We knew he was successful because they also live in a mansion in the village. But With the biggest bathroom I've ever seen in my he- goddamn life. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. But we'll get there. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I mean, obviously they were looking for a bathroom that could fit three to five cameras. Sure. <laughs> and a studio audience. Yeah. You know what? I take it back. It all makes sense then. Uh, I'm guessing you're excited about his assistant who interrupts, who is named Carrie Stacey Green. and played by, yes, Carrie Green, who everyone I assume knows except me. Oh, uh, you're familiar I never with saw the, Goonies. the Goonies, yeah? Yeah, I never saw the Goonies. Uh, I'd say you need to see the Goonies, but okay. you wouldn't like the Goonies. I don't especially, think I would either. Thank you. You you wouldn't like it, and especially not now. You missed, You got to see that one when you're young. Oh, I gotcha. It's uh, it's it's fun and it's an adventure and it's cute and it's funny and it's super eighties and it's super for, you know, it's it's an adventure thing where kids go and there's bad guy, grown ups and they get away from him and trick him and there's a pirate thing and all the stuff that you would have absolutely no interest in at this stage in your life. Sounds horrible. Yeah, it kind of does. But yeah, she plays Andy, and I had a crush on her. And, oh really? Uh, oh yeah. And before she played Andy, uh-huh. uh huh. She was in uh, Summer Rental. Are you, you familiar with that one? I, I only in that there was either a poster of it, or I would somehow encounter it every time I went to the video store when I was a kid, like in the comedy section. I'd look at it and be like, "Not this week, maybe one day." Oh, uh, <laughs> and that, I never got around to it. I'll tell you, that is one that you would love, and everybody should go and rent Summer Rental. Uh, a, a a great John Candy movie from the eighties. So you're saying uh, to the average moviegoer, if you're faced with watching Goonies, Goonies or Summer Rental, Goonies, always skip go it. Summer Rental. Summer Rental, one hundred percent of the time. Also, two other things where like I can't think of one without thinking of the other. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty linked. <laughs> um, Summer Rental also has a, a very young Joey Lawrence as a as a as one of his sons. That's um, from one of those boy bands? Joey Lawrence from Blossom. Oh. <laughs> of course. But you knew that. I, I, yeah, when you said it, I, I yeah, I, mean, I rang a bell. <laughs> oh, good. So, yeah. I figured out my Joey Buttafuoco mix-up. Oh, you did? Yeah. I. The reason I thought he was a musician was because of Joey Bonadette. Bonaduc- Danny, ba- Danny Bonaducci? Danny- yes, Danny Bonaducci. I got, a musician, right? I got news for you. I got news for you. Uh, he's not-, not a real musician either. <laughs> what do you mean real? I mean, he was in the Partridge family. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Music. Music. Yeah, he he, he played it. He, he was a kid who played. He portrayed a musician on a TV yeah, show. I mean, yeah, close enough. Okay, fine. Great. So you're you're counting this as a win for you? <laughs> yeah, this is a win. It's an explanation. <laughs> Great. Um, so she comes in and we learn, and she also has criticisms. <laughs> so mm-hmm. basically, all of Paul's employees uh, have problems with this current project they're working on. Uh, we learn though that the documentary is called Slumlord. Yes. Uh, which sounds like an expose. On Donald Trump. <laughs> Boom. I can't believe I didn't see that coming. Slumlord Reels 3 and 4. And, uh, what did you think? Um, well, the rats were underlit. They looked like squirrels. Excuse me, I, I, I can't agree with you at all. Squirrels, squirrels don't walk like that. Squirrels scurry. Rats stalk. 
Yeah, but when they're underlit, they look like they're scurrying. I'm with her, though. I, I do think... When she initially said I said, how could that be? But rats do look like they're scurrying. They often uh, scurry, actually. He's wrong. Paul's wrong. Y- yeah, it's because this is a clumsily written uh, joke line. <laughs> yeah, he's wrong. He's wrong. It's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> Shape up, Paul. It's a lie for the sake of a laugh. It's an alternate truth. <laughs> Maybe we can we're get Kelly and Conway this, on the show. We're recording this on Alternative Truth Day, everybody. What if Kelly and Conway's a rise gal? Oh, please don't come on our show. <laughs> She's the exception. I hate to, I she hate to come. put off our I hate to put off our audience, but uh, listen, if t- we tweeted something, me and Donald Trump got into a Twitter war. And he oh, said the ratings! Stupid. We could get her on, maybe. You're not wrong. That's true. Um. So Paul asked, "Is there anything of mine that you like?" And and she validates in there. Look, I became your assistant because I know you are very talented. Well, I could have taken the job of Scorsese. You know Martin Scorsese? Yeah, I can introduce me. <laughs> Ike, this legendary everybody. editor, who's worked with everyone. Who has now chosen to work with Paul Buckman. And we're glad he did. So John, well, the three what? of them are what? Lynn Stoddard's in the picture. Wait, what do you mean? I mean that Selby shows up and they're eating. They're like, hey, Lynn Stoddard. Ah, your yes. Your 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 semi ex. <laughs> in the picture that. really threw me. Sorry. But uh, no, I mean it makes I it was a a, a lovely wordplay. Well, I just they call me Mr. It. Lovely Wordplay. <laughs> yeah, so Selby comes in and crashes this party and, and immediately starts checking out um, Carrie Green. Stace. Selby. Selby. Gee, it's almost noon. Your old man's working you pretty late today, huh? Yeah, he slipped a disc, so I figured I'd give myself the afternoon off. And Paul takes him over to what looks like a craft service table almost. Yep. Getting a little crafty. Which is also, it's like, what is this magic job he has? Yeah. Because it seems like it's his office. It doesn't seem like he's going to someone else's place of work. Like, you know what I mean? It seems like this is all his own operation. Yeah. And if there's food, if there's craft services, that means that somebody is bankrolling this documentary on Slum, called Slumlord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like some production company is like hordes. we need we need somebody to tell the Donald Trump story. Hordes of people are going to get in line for this movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, Selby brings into the picture. Uh, he's at the Papaya King on Seventy Second. Mm-hmm. Hey, you'll never guess who I ran into this morning. Oh. In a million years, you're never going to guess. Then why go through this? Just tell me. <laughs> I'm at Papaya King on 72nd. I turn around. Who do I run into? Don Ho. Did Grace Papaya used to be a Papaya King, or is this on the east side? Uh, uh, Probably a different one. I think this is on the east side. Right? It has to be. Those are separate. Why would they make that? Yeah. Uh, Well, he turns around and he runs into Lynn Stoddard. Mm Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. throws Paul off so much he can't he can't he can't get one sensical phrase out of his mouth. One question, focus. one anything. Art becomes his translator. 
Ike, I mean. I'm calling him the actor name. Ike becomes... Uh, Ike translates for him. Yep. Paul wants to know everything. What she look like, what, you know, what they talk about, everything. Mm-hmm. And when he finds out Selby told her that Paul's married now, he gets... Very upset. Very upset. Oh, who did you say? Lynn Stoddard. Get out of here, Lynn. You so, how do you know? Wait, it's... Uh... In a, like 12 million people could, and you know, from a Are distance. Are you sure it was her? This is what I'm trying to ask you. It was her. And she looks exactly the same. Really? You, you talked to her, so, so did, did, did she, I mean, you must have talked about college, so at any point did she, did she say did she, anything at all? Get around did she to... say anything about him? <laughs> yeah, I talked to her. I told her you're doing the documentaries. I told her you got married. Why would you tell her that? <laughs> Why wouldn't I tell her that? Because in her eyes, that makes me less eligible. You are less eligible. Yeah, but she, look, as far as she's concerned, look, if I'm, if I'm, I could... I you could, see, a married person likes to feel that there's always a chance of them getting back together with any of the people they've ever been with. This is what I'm trying to say. We get a couple of this is what's in quick succession in this little... Yes, we do. You're right. Makes me happy to hear. So then we cut. We cut to him watching a video. Yes, we're in their living room. It's the end of the workday. He's in his lounging clothes. <laughs> They're very schleppy. Sure. And yeah, he's watching a home video from the 70s with Lynn. We assume Lynn, a beautiful woman with flowing hair uh-huh. who looks very familiar to anyone who watches television because uh-huh. she's played by... Ms. Lisa Edelstein. Wonderful Lisa Edelstein. So great. So great. What did you recognize her from first? Or, like, what's your go-to when you hear her name in your head? There are a few. Uh, Interesting. She... I have one. The first thing, I think... The first thing tonight was The West Wing. Same. But then, I also go to her... uh, She's in Seinfeld. Who? She had... Uh, she faked it with George. You're right. Wait, the risotto? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are you sure? I'm pretty. Wait, either the risotto or am I conflating? I'm trying to remember. I think. Wait, the I risotto think... is when he steals no, the no. move. Maybe it was the move. The move. She's. Oh no, she's faked inside. it's the mango. The mango is faked it. I think it's that. I th- I'm pretty sure she faked it. Uh, did she fake it with them? Because I was also thinking about the bisque, but that's a lane. No, I think it's the risotto. I think oh, she's not the risotto. that, not the bullia base. <laughs> I think she's the. I think she's the, got the bullia base. The risotto. I think. I think she's with the. I think she's with the. She's in Seinfeld. Suffice to say, she Wait, dated dude. George, and she. Yes, I'm. She's one, in I'm two very, episodes. Yeah, she's in the masseuse episode too. Okay. Yeah, that's the yeah, mango. She, I no, think she it dated moved. George for two. You're right. Two episodes. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? This Mad About You is her first TV credit. Is it really? So what a debut. Mazel tov, You made it. I, I mean, also the... know her from Keeping the Faith, the movie. Oh, is that the one where there's a rabbi and a priest and they're friends or something? It sure is. Ben Stiller, the rabbi. Ed Norton, the priest. Best yeah, friends. Yeah, that's right. Both in love that. with Jenna El- uh, with uh, Jenna Elfman. It's a good little movie. youth group. <laughs> it's a good movie. I like that movie a lot. It's a two yeah. hour. And f- it's a two hour and fifteen minute comedy, which Not is too long. Yes, but it's great. I really, really like that uh, movie an awful lot. And uh, she's in that. And uh, she also does a very serviceable job on the Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, which she's on currently. She's you starring. Watched that? Uh, I've watched bits and pieces. 
I'm because sh- you're a fan. Uh, because uh, Bravo tends to be on a lot in my apartment, <laughs> and uh, and sometimes things roll over. Yeah, I've seen it on planes because I watch Bravo on planes nonstop. Yeah, I'll say uh, more accurately, she does a great job on Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce commercials. I can say that with confidence. <laughs> yeah, I've seen those a lot actually. Yeah, and she does. Yeah, she's yeah. great. <laughs> For those who don't know, she's the uh, Sam's call girl on the West Wing. She's in the the first scene of the show, right? Uh yes, yes, that's true. That's isn't that the cold open? Probably. Yeah, when they wake Probably. up, he yeah. wakes up next to her. Yeah, yeah. And his beeper's well, going, and she goes, "Who's POTUS?" Tell your friend POTUS he's got a funny name, and he should learn how to ride a bicycle. I would, but he's not my friend. He's my boss. It's not his name; it's his title. POTUS. President of the United States. Yes, so Lisa Edelstein is uh, dressed uh, as a 70s college girl. And she's sort of uh, frolicking around uh, what I imagine is their school quad. Yeah. On what looks like an old, you know, like 8mm, like an old camera Mm -hmm. reel. Um, And we cut to Murray, who is watching the TV and panting heavily. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then we tilt up to Paul, who's who looks at Murray and says, I know what you mean, Murray. First time I saw her, I did the same thing. It's a great, great bit of business. Yeah. Great, great to see Murray paying off. Uh, so ju- this is interrupted by Jamie coming, like sort of bursting through the front door. Full of something. She had a long day. <laughs> Why do we live in this city? Because it's where our apartment is currently located. Mm. Mm. Been waiting for this moment all day. Mm. Me too. And the question that all New Yorkers ask from time to time, why do I live in this city? There's an Um, awful lot of self-convincing that goes on. (laughs) Uh, So while they're sort of having their moment, Murray goes to the remote and turns the TV back on. Presumably by accident, but I like to think that dog's a little smarter. What's Murray watching? Uh, I don't know. Well, he's watching way too much TV these days. Is that you? Huh? Oh, that, uh, yeah, that's me, uh, like, uh, circa, like, 1975. Are those sideburns or headphones? <laughs> Honey, it was a very unattractive decade. Who's the broad? She, uh, she, who is it? You know, she... the rest of the episode now is just the dynamic of him being so <laughs> loaded up about his feelings yeah. for her. Yeah. And no one else caring. Just initially. super uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And she's just rolling with it. So he initially plays Don. Like, who? What girl? Oh, oh that girl. <laughs> You're smelling her hair. <clears throat> well, it was the 70s. I smelled a lot of hair. I mean, I guess this is the equivalent of, because what, six years later? No, like five. Oh, no, Friends came out in 94. Oh, you know what's interesting? Here's a little interesting time thing. You would think adults watching Mad About You, they see this and they think back to their college years, right? Sure. The 70s. A few years later when we do, I guess the Friends were younger generationally. Because a few years later when we go to Friends and they do the prom episode and we see their high school. Oh, that was high school, though. No, that was high school. And their yeah. high school happens during the 80s. And you yeah. presumably the people watching Friends were like, ah, yeah, that was my childhood. 
But those shows only yeah. happened a couple years apart. That's true. Wow. I, I don't know. I, I, the, I guess the, it's also because the Friends were a little younger than the Buckmans. Yeah, Paul and Jamie play older, and I think the Friends were supposed to be. I think the Friends were supposed to be twenty five. I think they were Russ. Yeah, they were probably <laughs> supposed to be because they were, and now yeah. I hate everything. <laughs> I hate every single thing. I know watching it watching it as a millennial now, you just watch the show and you're like, So okay, the show's about six successful people yeah, <laughs> living yeah. fairly like responsible lives in New York City. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um So the hair is big and uh Paul says to Jamie She what well, well, you gotta know every little thing? <laughs> yeah. She's if I tell you everything now, then we're going to have nothing left to talk about when we're old. So what I, let me do this. Let me just you know, sprinkle my stories in slowly. And so then when you're 70, you will know everything, I promise. Deal? Deal. Did you sleep with her? Uh. And then we leave the scene. Uh, but we don't. This this episode in particular has a lot of scenes where just scene transitions that are just time passing. Yes, because it fe- it feels like the same night, just a little later in the night. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and now Paul's at the kitchen table working, and Jamie uh, comes out with a laundry basket, and we find out that Lisa is coming over to do her laundry. Yep, that's what she does. Uh, which makes total sense. Sure. Free laundry, absolutely. And not only free laundry, free detergent. Because as Jamie points yes. out, Lisa always uses Jamie's detergent. I really can't believe your sister can't find one laundromat in her neighborhood. She likes doing her laundry here. Hey, no kidding. Be nice. I am nice. I'm very nice. Of course she won't bring any detergent. Here we go. She won't. No, she'll just use mine like she does every time. Never asks, never offers to buy more. I mean, she has a job. She can afford to buy detergent. Well, this probably goes back to when you're kids. It's just like when we were kids. She did this every time when we were kids. <laughs> Which is such a sisterly conflict to have. Sure. As adults, or like a sibling conflict. Um, and Paul wants her to confront Lisa. Yeah. Make a make a big deal out of this, why don't you? <laughs> yeah. So just then, Lisa comes in with her laundry, which is the prop people had a lot of fun with this <laughs> because she's holding three enormous trash bags full of laundry, <laughs> like not even normal ones, like the big industrial black trash bags. Yeah. I used to go home from college with a duffel bag. Full of laundry. Right. Just like, just jammed full of it to do at home. Yeah. One. Yeah. Or so, Same. I'm trying to think, trying to think if I, yeah, I, and it would just be, it would just be my, yeah, my entire laundry bag. Me too. <laughs> but also, uh, the fun thing about Lisa is, where whatever, whenever she enters, something just happened. Right. And in this case, their doorman just sneezed on her. Hello? <laughs> you know... Your doorman sneezed all over me. You know, you know, in his country, that is considered a sign of affection. Which also, I don't know, maybe it's not a New York thing, but I do feel like people get sneezed on a lot because of the proximity. Universal. I guess it's universal, but you're, you're, there's so many people and everyone's sort of so close to each other that the odds of you being sneezed on or sneezing on someone feels higher. Sure. That's a good point. Like no one's shoulder to shoulder in a Walmart parking lot. 
That's very true. You know? Even in a checkout line. I'll grant it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um, Selby Selby calls on the phone, and Selby is at Riffs. Oh, the, yeah. So the girls leave to go to the laundry room, and yeah. and Paul puts Lynn – the second they're gone, he puts her video back on. He put, yes, he puts her back on. And then Selby calls. Hey, Selby, what's going on? Hey, I'm down here at Riffs with guess who? Lynn! And, and yeah, he's, he's down at Riffs. We're back at Riffs, Riffs baby. What's Riffs? Riffs is the cool hangout spot. It's the central perk of Mad About You. It's the coffee shop of Mad About You. Except it's a bar. And she doesn't know it yet. But Ursula Buffet is going to work at Riffs, and that's been, right. She we've been all doing all this talk about about friends. Well, Phoebe's twin sister is gonna get her big stinking break. Riffs is like, as far as hangouts go, it's my favorite. As far as sitcom hangouts go, for sure. Because Central, like all the other ones, are very daytime. Like. Riffs you could literally do any time of day. Actually, just any time of day. Yeah. You could have brunch there. You could have lunch there. You could have dinner there. You could go there at the very end of the night. It's a great spot. They have coffee. They have food. They have drinks. They got everything. A lot of people nowadays are like, oh, let's make a pop-up ca- uh, Central Perk. Screw it. I'm going to go Yeah, riffs. pop-up Riffs. <laughs> pop-up Riffs, baby. Come on, Hulu. <laughs> Where you at? Yeah. Come on, I, good people at Crackle. That's that's right. Yeah, Crackle. Where are you with the pop-up riffs in New York? You've got two episodes of this show or two seasons of this show randomly streaming. And yet no immersive riffs experience for any fans to participate in. How are you going to hook anybody? <laughs> the shame. Let me just jump in real quick to just say I'm really happy to see how much Selby there is in this episode. He's in it top to bottom. A key figure. He, he knocks it out of the park. He does. Just, because. Oh, we're not there yet. Never mind. Just really solid. Really great, solid work. The first of many. The first of many episodes in the years to come that focus on the dynamic between these two great friends. Yeah. I mean, like the series, this episode very much is just about their friendship. <laughs> yeah. Cannot wait. So Selby's on the phone. Paul's being a Selby says, "Come, I'm ha- I'm at uh, Riffs with Lynn. Come have a beer." And Paul's being a nick again. Listen, why don't you come down? You meet us for a drink. You pick up the check and you get lost. Well, well hold, hold. Did she suggest this? I, well, how, I mean, tell me exactly. How did my name come up? Well, she saw you after class, crossing the quad. She thought you were real cute. And when she said my name, was it was there like a like a certain inflection? No, there was no inflection. Was it like a tone? Was there a certain tone? Yes. Yes, there was a tone. There was a dial tone before I called you. And there's going to be another one when I hang up. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, think, I, think, I think it'll be a big mistake. He's scared to go down there, I yes. presume, because in his mind, he's like, obviously, if I go down to Riffs, I'm going to sleep with her. <laughs> you think that's what it is? And she won't she won't be able to keep her hands off me. That's obviously. really funny. I I think he yeah, he's you know, he's 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 still got feelings for her, or if not that, just like just lingering, hey, this girl was cute and meant a lot to me, and I'm interested in seeing her, but also I'm 
nervous about uh, the wife situation. Because? Because he's got a wife now. And that's and the situation. Therefore, therefore, he cannot sleep with her. You're right. Yeah, he's it's, gonna, the same, it's the same He's totally going to sleep with her. <laughs> Speaking hyperbolically, maybe. For sure. Uh, so, well, Paul uh, had a wife before her. That's true. So Jamie says, go play with Selby. You're bugging me. Sweetie, Selby, call. I'm going to go down and meet him for a beer. Oh, why doesn't he just come up here? I, I think he's with somebody. Oh. Lynn, okay? He's with Lynn Stoddard. <laughs> I know, but you were thinking. How do you know what I was thinking? What, did I just meet you? Go play with Selby, all right? You're bugging me. Yeah. Once again, playing it real chill, and he can't. He's so in his head about this whole interaction. I love the two of them in this. I love the dynamic. I love Jamie seeing him be so into or, or, or embarrassed and nervous about his ex. And her just busting his chops about it. I think it's so dang funny. Yeah. It's it's such a common couple dynamic, too. For one person to make a huge deal out of something and the other one to not. Yeah. And then Go the other ahead, person me. Yeah. doesn't buy, like, can't, just can't wrap their mind around how it's not a big deal to the other person. And then because of that, the other person's like, well, this must be a big deal then because you can't relax about it. Yep. He's I guess what cologne. I'm saying is they nailed it. You want to come? No, I don't want to come. Do you want me to come? No, I don't want you to come. I think you should, though. You're unbelievable. Believe me, if you come with me, we'll live a lot longer. I know that. I know what's going to happen. If I go without you, then I'm going to have to come back and I'll have to tell you everything that I said and everything she said, and you still won't think that I'm telling you everything. So this way, at least you'll be there and, and you'll know. Know what? Whatever, whatever you would have grilled me about when I come back. Enough already. I'm going. Really? You're going to go? I think I should go, don't you think? I, I think you should. I do. But you, can we, we really should go now because they're waiting. Well, I got to change. No, you, you, you look great, really, just the way you are. What is that? What? You never wear cologne. I... <laughs> Did you ever think maybe I'm wearing it for you? <laughs> You're so pathetic. <laughs> He's wearing cologne. And he's wearing his high-waisted uh, pleated khaki, not khakis, his high-waisted pleated uh, slacks. So you know it must be a very fancy place. And, yeah, and his black t-shirt. <laughs> Which and to me Jamie... is a definition of cool. And we go to commercial, I believe, with Jamie saying, you're so pathetic. So we go to Riffs, and Selby and Lynn are at their table, and they're drinking. So when are you going to get married, Selby? Mm-hmm. I'm tired of being single. I'm ready to put myself on the line, but it's just so hard to meet a woman that wants to make a commitment. Selby? Hi. She slaps him so hard, and it's so great. He goes into it so hard. He, like, flies out of his chair and takes down, like, it's like Michael Richards level. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. He takes he like, like three tables out with his body. He does two full two full flips, basically, it's a, on the it's floor. It's amazing. Yeah. It's quite a piece of business. Uh and that that uh jilted former lover, I'm assuming, is played by a woman named Sarah Partridge. Okay. Who 
acted for a time. Uh, you know, like a murder she wrote. She was in Risky Business. Okay. Uh, she was in a couple episodes of Dallas, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and a Perfect Strangers. But it looks like she retired in 93, and she became a, a jazz singer. Good for you. Yeah. I wonder if her and uh, Paul ever uh, were friends or jazz friends. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Do you, do you, think all, of... you think all jazz people know each other? No, I... <laughs> I think I do, and I didn't realize it till just now. <laughs> I'll say it again. This is a big episode for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Paul and Jamie come in, and Paul is very excited. And he has that tone, that tone in your voice. Like, we've all been in this situation, right? There's just a tone where you're excited, but you're trying to play it cool, but you can't because yeah. you're so excited. And he forgets to introduce Jamie. Hey, there they are. I meant to say there they are. Hi. Oh, hey. <laughs> look at you, boy. You look great. You just, you look just the same. Better. You look even better. No, I mean, not that you didn't look great in college, but now you just, you just, uh, just look, you look just, wow. You look great. Hi. I'm the house mother over at Paul's dorm. How are you? Hi. I'm sorry. This is my, uh, this is Jamie. Lenny, uh. Sit down, everybody sit down. So, uh, still have that long, flowing hair thing going, huh? Yeah. She always, she always had hair. Her hair always flowed. To where? <laughs> he botches this whole thing top to bottom. And it's beautiful. It's, it's so awkward. The whole thing is played very well by the two of them. Helen Hunt is great. <laughs> what does she say? She says, uh... I'm the house mother at Paul's dorm. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, oh, and he starts, he goes off on this long riff. Riff. Riffs. Riff. Yeah, that's why they call it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he immediately lives up to the title of the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, about <laughs> what a great, because he doesn't know what to talk about. Because I think the only thing on his mind is he wants to say, I love you. I've always loved you. I want to be yeah. with you forever. Yeah. So he basically. talks about how great Riffs is. <laughs> So you, you ever been here? This is this is a great place. We come here all the time. It's just it's it's great. You know, for whatever, for whatever you want, for, for meeting people, or to, you know, to, for eating, for eating food or whatever. It's just you know they can serve breakfast here now. Do you get omelets? Uh, pretty sure. Yeah. Nobody cares. I guess he does what we were doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah, you are Paul Buckman. It's happening. Because he literally says. It's a great place it's to go. It's a great place to go. Maybe you can maybe get Paul anything here. They the have breakfast. Works. He says you can get breakfast here. <laughs> this is a, this show's <laughs> entering your cerebral cortex. You oh didn't even know it. Gosh, I did. I think that's why we're doing this show. <laughs> it's in yours too, pal. Make no mistake. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm saying. uh so they talk about their jobs lynn's a partner a lawyer oh oh lynn's a lawyer and in the west wing she's a law school student whoa (laughs) (laughs) not every connection's meaningful no 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 that's true these all are in sweepstakes level connections (laughs) Uh, but we finally, finally in episode four, learn what Jamie does. So kind of. Kind of, yeah. 
Dad, I, I remember you took the incomplete in poli sci. And now, and now here you are, you're a lawyer in a big time firm. That is so fun. Jamie's in PR. Jay, we're a regional account manager, right? Shut up. She's a regional account manager in PR. How about that? So Selby, because it's so uncomfortable, is ready to go get everyone more drinks. Sure. And Jamie wants a martini straight up. Straight up. Uh, Paul's just whatever, a beer. And Paul orders Selby... Yeah, Paul orders a beer, like you yeah. always do yeah, right, when you go to the life. bar. Give me a beer. I'll have a beer. And you know what? A shot. Yeah. yeah. And the bartender winks at you and says, one beer. You got it. <laughs> it was a simpler time. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Paul and Jamie are left alone at the table, and she starts hitting him. <laughs> ow, ow! What is that for? Regional account manager? I'm a regional vice president. Really? At this point in the episode, my girlfriend turned to me and said, I feel her. <laughs> Which is to say, lots of times, we go out with different friends of mine. And uh-huh. sometimes it's just like, hey, dude, uh, do better at at talking about and with and to me. Let's get let's get a little inclusion going on. Oh, here. totally. This is. I mean, this highly, is highly, highly, absolutely. Common. Yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so once again, we have this sort of like uh, we we go to the next scene, which is just later at riffs. And Paul's in the middle of a very uh, hel- a hilarious story about one of their old classmates. Right. Uh, and it's one of those moments where you're just getting, like, tidbits of a story that made sense in context. He loses sure. his mailbox key. Then it turns out he loses the mailbox key. <laughs> Wait, whatever happened to Terry B? We saw him. We saw him on 34th Street. You know what he does? He sells those... The big clocks of Suvaki. He sells those like all the 8th Avenue joints. Is there any money in that? He ain't doing for the money. <laughs> oh, God. My friend used to live by uh, the chicken factory where all the street meat chicken carts get their chicken from in Brooklyn. Oh, no. And she said, not live near, but like it, she would pass it on the way to the subway. Yeah. Every day. And she said it stunk so bad. It must have. in the Holy summers. Cow. Oh, God. Which was such a turnoff because I love street meat. Why do we live here? <laughs> <laughs> because it's where your apartment is. I guess that's true. Um, Jamie's – this is what you were talking about when you got to dinner sometimes, which is like you're caught up in a story. Everyone's into it. And the person who doesn't know what the hell anyone's talking mm-hmm. about is just sort of sitting there mm-hmm. disconnected and a little put off. She starts putting French fries on Paul's plate very aggressively. Right. Uh, because evidently Paul's pulling his pulling more fries off of uh, Lynn's plate, mm-hmm. so she's starting to get jealous, as she should. Yeah, and she gets up and she leaves, and, and he Paul follows. Follows, and they start fighting in the corner of riffs, and a waiter interrupts. You should really stay away from me right now. What? You're kidding me. You're mad because what? Because I sampled the fried potato of another woman? That's right, Paul. That's what I'm mad about, the French fries. Is there a problem with the fries? No! (laughs) I can't believe you! What great service compared to, like, where uh, Riffs goes. 
<laughs> once That's once true. Ursula starts working there. That's very true. This place well, really he, took a nosedive. This guy, Jack Kenny's his name, is like a big time writer. Really? Also. Yeah. Uh, he was an actor briefly up through the early 90s, but he was uh, an executive producer and writer on that. You remember that show Warehouse 13, which I never watched, but the ads were all over the city for years. I, I was going to say, I remember the posters. Yeah. Yeah. That was him. Uh, Book of Daniel. You remember that one? It was on NBC for like yeah, 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 six yeah, months. Yeah. Uh, he directed Reba. <laughs> oh, Good he job, created dude. Titus. Oh, wow. Yeah. That show oh, and composed the theme music. Hmm. He pro- he wrote and produced on Car- um, Carolina in the City, like a handful of episodes at least. So yeah, the guy with the one line on the Mad About You turned out to be an enormous, uh, a sensational TV producer. Well done. Oh, and he has a BFA from Juilliard. Oh, turns out he's a, a very well-rounded <laughs> professional actor and musician. I mean, he's, and he's got it all. Yeah, he's got, good job, that guy. Yeah, J- uh, Jack Kenny. Love it. So so they settle up their fight, Paul and Jamie do, kind of. Sort of. Selby comes over Selby and grabs comes Paul. In, grabs Paul. To, to sort of, like, set him straight. Right. Uh, so, But they leave, and right. we follow Jamie back to the table with Lynn, where right. she apologizes to Lynn. Right. Look, I'm really sorry. It's okay. I'm surprised it took you so long. You showed great restraint. I'm just not very good at this. I've never met one of Paul's old girlfriends before. What do you mean? Uh, it's okay. I saw him smell your hair. <laughs> what? In the park. By the car. In that movie. Oh, God. I forgot about that. Yeah, but Paul and I were never boyfriend and girlfriend. Does he know that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we made a pulled an all-nighter once or twice, but we were just friends. I mean, that's what friends did in the 70s. <laughs> they slept with each other a couple of times, and that's that. Which the lingo, uh, either in this show or at the time, was pulled an all-nighter. Pulled an all-nighter. Which is, as opposed to a one-night stand or a... That's true. Because p- where I come from, pulled an all-nighter means you stayed up all night working. That's true. Finishing a paper, you know? Yeah. Which yeah. I don't think is what she meant. No, I, I agree. I'm with you. She was talking about sex. Yeah. Uh, so they did that. And then we go back and we see uh, Paul with Selby. Uh, yep, yep. And Selby's uh, really trying to... He's like, what are you doing, man? What's wrong with mm-hmm. you? Can I ask you something? There's four million women in the city. What do you got to go out with one of the few that I have seen naked? Excuse me, but isn't that your wife over there? What does that mean? Let it go. You went out with her once in college. Big deal. So she's yours forever? I'm a bad friend because I want to go out with her? All of those things. <laughs> that was a very big thing in my life. What isn't a big thing in your life? I, I wrote an entire book of poems to her. Do you know what I mean? Big deal. Everything rhymes with Lynn. We get to see individually that Lynn meant a lot to Paul. And Paul didn't mean a lot to Lynn. Yes. And, and Jamie knows that. Yes. Which, which means that when we then cut to later that evening, they're home. The next scene is the bathroom, and they're, they're in for bed. They're in the bathroom that's bigger than my bedroom. <laughs> and 
Also, it's another one of these. I love that this is like a thing they do. Almost every episode takes place over the course of one day so far. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's amazing. That's pretty neat. Yeah. I like it. So they're getting ready for bed. Paul's brushing. Mm -hmm. He's sitting on the edge of the tub. Jamie's Mm -hmm. at the sink. And Murray's drinking out of the toilet. Yeah, pretty great. One big happy family. One happy family. (laughs) And Paul's being insecure. (laughs) Yep. Still, even though you think it's all over now, now it's the aftermath. He's insecure about how Lynn felt about him. Did you think Lynn was a little distant tonight? Oh, my God. Seriously, it seemed like I was happier to see her than she was to see me. So? So? So she meant something to me one time, and now, like, what, I meant nothing to her? Uh, we get it, Jamie. We, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say we get a great shot of Jamie uh, cleaning her ears with a couple of Q-tips before bed. And I'm just like, yeah, Helen Hunt, way to be real. That's what people do. Totally. Can you can you imagine other comedians or other other you know people who are on television on a regular basis? Yeah, being right. like, oh, it's t- uh, sure, it's the end of the night. I'll clean You're my right. ears. No Seinfeld way. Seinfeld, I can. Yeah, forget I said anything. Everybody no, that's it though. That's the only other one. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's the only other one. Those are the two be... most realistic shows on TV. <laughs> way to bring the realism, Helen Hunt. I'm on board. No, you're right. So they get into bed. And it's the end of the day. Yes. They're, well, well, they're taking the pillows off the bed, which to me, like, I love yep. that. It's like such a TV trope. Yeah. Do you think when people get married, they start to have the pillows on the bed? Um, I have I guess them. my girlfriend has one pillow on her bed extra. And I, and we, I, like, I take it off the bed to sleep. Yes. We had them for a while. And oh. then, and then I was, I was never much a fan. And then somewhere along the line, it was just like, we're not going to have all of these pillows. Well, it's just so funny to keep taking them off the bed and putting them on the bed every single day. It makes a bed look nice. It does make a bed look nice. Hey, you ready for this? I'll tell you what movie they have a big, long conversation I knew this sounded familiar. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Oh, baby. I know what movie it is, I think. Is it? Oh, shoot. Ben Stiller's in it, right? Yep. Is it one of the Meet the Somethings? Nope. Uh, is Jennifer Aniston in it? Nope. Could I tell you who he's talking to and you'll get it if you've been paying Ke- attention? Cameron Diaz? He's talking to Jenna Elfman. Why would I get that if I've been paying attention? Because it happened in Keeping the Faith. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. This is why people listen to the podcast. The if for moments like this, ah, uh, that's amazing. That's this is very satisfying. I feel like we got to end the podcast right now to get out on the side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone, go watch the last two minutes because we're not going to recap them. Oh man, that's a lot of fun. So yeah, so Jamie no, well, says, we can end it. No, we can end it. <laughs> we can't. I'll just stick the rest of the the rest of the thing in the oh, <laughs> the audio gosh. on the podcast. I'm gonna let's let's zip through it. Let's Go plow ahead. So uh, Jamie lies to Paul about Lynn's feelings, which is a very sweet thing. It's very sweet. He sets her up to yeah. to tell him the truth. He he's yeah. asking what they talked about. When you were talking to her, did, did she say anything? I know. I'm really getting tired of discussing this. Well, I said I was obsessing. You really want me to tell you everything she said verbatim? Yeah, I do. 
sort of like a transcript. Uh, all right. Um, the truth is... What? No, no, the truth is what? The truth is that she was madly in love with you. <laughs> and I'm not sure she's over it. Really? Really. Okay. 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 Because she was so standoffish. She... She's wounded. He needed an ego boost, and uh, yeah. and she gave him one. Uh, and thank God that uh, women were able to support and provide an ego boost for their men, because that's <laughs> the most important thing that a woman can do, I guess. Yeah, but See, I- that's what I miss about TV. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so <laughs> yeah, they. They end with a very funny bit of I'm like a source of pain to her. Yeah. He says, it's and it's like it's the kind of chest puffing where the more concerned he is about her feelings, yeah, the bigger his ego gets. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. and he has that that grin on his face of like he, of course he feels bad, but yeah. it's a little satisfying. Yeah. I'm like a source of pain for her. You can do that to people. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, I'm glad I saw her, but believe me, you have nothing to worry about. I know. The smart housewife. It's pretty great. And then there's a slow fade. And uh, the audience really liked that show because there are some very boisterous whoops and hollers coming from. There the really crowd. are. I noticed that too. Did you? Yeah, they yeah. really got into that one. Um, it almost gotta... made me like the episode more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I liked it fine, but then when they did that, I was like, "No, you know what? That was pretty yeah, good. That was great. Good job." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I loved this episode very much. I don't know if it was a matter of seeing guest stars who I recognized and knew and, and enjoyed or just the the dynamic between Paul and Jamie is really very well done here. Every uh, episode has a sweet like a very sweet moment at least one mm-hmm. so far and this one had the one at the end but it also had when they were when she and uh, Lynn were talking at the table alone. We were just friends. I mean that's what friends did in the 70s. <laughs> God, this is bringing me back. <laughs> so you don't think of Paul as the one that got away? Oh, hardly. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, Paul's a sweetheart. He is, but I was madly in love with this grad student, Ken something. <laughs> oh, God, I was so nuts about that guy. I once felt like that about a guy. <laughs> you ever wonder where he is now? He's at the bar, probably talking about you. <laughs> As my mother would say, it's such a good show. It's such a good show. Love it. Um, yeah, so people well, tweeted us uh, your answer. Yeah. <laughs> for the actor. 
who uh, whose career is comprised of several episodes of all episodes of Brooklyn Bridge and many episodes of Mad About You. Mm-hmm. Send 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 them your way. Send send them our way. Send your answers to us, please. Yeah, until we get the PO box set up, you're gonna have to do it all digitally. <laughs> Johnny, we did it. Great show. We did it. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> what our, uh, our, this this episode? Yeah. Oh man, we're killing it. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Please do come and see uh, the commotion at the Magnet Theater on Tuesday nights. Uh, please come and see. I'm in another show at the Magnet called The Sequel, where we turn your favorite musicals into improvised sequels. We create them right before your eyes. It's a lot of fun. We did the sequel to Sweeney Todd recently. It was uh, it was great. Um, That's yeah. beautiful. It was fun. So come on out. Magnetheater.com. Please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. It's quick, and it really helps us out. Also, check out our Facebook page, our Tumblr page at madaboutyoupod.tumblr.com, and find us on Twitter at madaboutyoupod. Mad About You is not currently streaming in its entirety on any popular providers. Crackle and FXX.com have select episodes available, but nothing from top to bottom. But you can buy the first and second seasons on DVD through Amazon for less than $8 total, or you can buy the complete series set for less than $30. It's a steal of a deal. So do that. Our theme song is by John D. Ivey, and our logo was designed by Nathan Diffie. Thanks to them both. And thanks to you for listening. I am Russ Fader. I'm John Marley. And, and we are mad about, mad about you. <laughs> and this is what we're saying. Oh, right. Oh, Which is what our closing is. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> I'm Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. And, and this is, this what, we're is what we're saying. Oh, that was nice. <laughs>